Good morning, food lovers everywhere. We have a new technician helping us out with this program. Uh, but uh, the same holds true. You're listening to On the Menu with Anne and Peter Haig. And today we're going to introduce you to two other yummy products, uh, starting with uh, some extraordinary yogurt and moving on to, hello, another healthy element. Yes, we're going to be talking to Michelle Sheely, uh, primarily about um, her her branch of the of, of this business called Saint Benoit, uh, which is uh, yogurt specifically. Michelle, right? Yeah, we we're Saint Benoit Creamery. We make better for you yogurt and dairy. We also make uh, you know we have milk as yeah, well we as milk. pot de creme desserts. Oh, and the Pope, yeah, I wanted to remember the Podicrem. Um, yeah, now, I mean, you have a long history here because we interviewed um, Laura Chanel of Laura Chanel Cheeses way back, way back at the beginning when she was first pioneering the, uh, the, the yeah, appreciation of goat cheeses in America, which was not popular to start with. I mean, she, she really pioneered it. Uh, and but she's retired, and and your your line and different sub lines involved has expanded, and to include um, in addition to the cheeses, the the yogurt we're talking about. Um, did I present that correctly, or do you have any way of clarifying what I said? Sure. I mean, Laura Chanel absolutely was the pioneer of goat cheese in the United States, and it was made popular by the California food scene in Napa with, um, you know, getting started at Chez Panisse and, you know, with, um, you know, with the whole food scene there. Um, but, yeah, so our company owns Laura Chanel Chefs, um, the goat cheese, as well as Marin French Cheese, which is the oldest continuous operating cheese manufacturer in the United States. There's a lot really? of rich history there. Wow. Um, yeah, and then they own St. Benoit Creamery, and they purchased St. Benoit, I want to say back in 2016. Um, okay. After, yeah, so we've been, um, yeah, so we've been a part of the family now for about five years, so. And okay, I mean, where did it start, St. Benoit? Okay, so St. Benoit, I'm so glad you asked, because there's a great history, um, St. Benoit um, started, we really got our roots in the California food scene. Uh, We started at the farmer's market in um, Northern California when our founder, Benoit, that's why the brand is called St. Benoit, so he was from France, and he just couldn't find yogurt like they had in France. Whenever he would go to the, you know, the back of the store in the refrigerated yogurt case, and he would span all the different yogurts that he could eat, he could never find anything that was what didn't have additives and all these ingredients and fillers and you know sugars. He just wanted something with milk and culture that was really simple. And he decided, you know what? If I can't find it, I'm going to make it. And so he made it, and he put it in these great clay crock po- crocks that um, are so popular in France. And he sold it at the farmers market, and that's really where we got started. And then. 
it became very popular. And then Whole Foods took notice, and he was able to get um, – he was one of those, uh, you know, brands that was able to get um, help from Whole Foods, and Whole Foods helped him launch in, you know, Northern California as, you know, a regional brand. And then we just grew exponentially from there. And then in 2016, um, our parent company purchased St. Benoit from him. So – Really, we, we, we started in the California food scene, in the farmer's markets. People come up to us at trade shows and everywhere they can find us and tell us that they even sometimes still have those craft jars. Uh, but we transitioned to glass. Um, after a while, we transitioned to glass. And um, we got our glass from France. And so, you know, the crocs just weren't going to be, you know, great for wide distribution, and so we went moved to a glass jar, which is you know sustainable. They're very and cute. Those jars are very cute. I mean, I just I, I hope they get recycled because I didn't know just so many of them I could keep. <laughs> oh, absolutely! And we have a, an entire recycling um, you know campaign on Pinterest, and we ask our consumers to upcycle and recycle. You know, a lot of people make. Um, put succulents in them and then, you know, reuse oh, yeah. them for juice glasses or milk or, you know, for their children. Or, um, you know, one of the things that we've seen is just, you know, putting little votives in them or flowers. So, um, oh, you know, cute. if you're having a dinner party, those jars are great to put little flowers in with a little name tag for your guests and have a little gift to take home. So, All now, right. Now, great now, ideas. Hold, hold on a minute. Where, where are the goats? It's like well, in Italy, he was trying to find out where the water buffalo were. We had all this buffalo mozzarella, but no buffaloes. <laughs> we couldn't find where they kept them. The goat. So the goats. Uh, you know, I I manage the Laura Chanel goat yogurt, but the goats come from farms. All you know, in the western you know United States. So, but our you know, if you want to talk about where. The cows are from Saint Benoit that we oh, use. Oh, that was our my I can Definitely talk about that. <laughs> well, that was going to be my um, next question. So, sure, you, so you answered about, about the goats. Now, where, 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 the, where, where are the Jersey cows? They, 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 they belong in the Isle of Jersey <laughs> in the English Channel, but obviously, obviously <laughs> right. Obviously well, it's they, funny because every, from there. Right, everybody. You know, I won't want to say everybody in the United States, but primarily in the United States, a lot of people don't have the rich dairy history or knowledge that, uh, you know, they do in Europe or they know the different cows and, the, you know, different types. And everybody thinks that, hey, Jersey cows, are they, you know, cows from New Jersey? No. <laughs> They're a beautiful brown cow that produces a very rich, delicious milk, higher in butter, fat, and protein and calcium. Um, but our cows, I think this is one of the things that distinctly makes us unique, is that our cows are on a farm 26 miles from our creamery. Our creamery is in Sonoma, California, and we have a farm that has our Jersey cow, one single herd of Jersey cows, and we get our, all of our milk is from that farm, and that farm is you know, it's, they're organic, pasture-raised Jersey cows. They graze on the pasture all year long. The farmer is so um, conscious about his herd that he um, even has an organic hay farm, and that hay that he gets from his organic hay farm, he gives as a supplemental snack to oh, all no. of his um, cows. And so it's really funny. You go to the farm, and 
you follow him and he'll have the hay and it's at a certain time of day and you can see all these little Jersey girls coming over the mountain down the pasture because they know they're going to get their snack. And they're just they're so adorable and so, so cute. They're so well cared for. So what I love about the farm is it's animal validus welfare verified, meaning that those cows are, are very well treated and cared for. And um, so we have happy cows. And, you know, happy cows. It makes a difference in the milk, milk, actually. I understand. Absolutely. Absolutely makes a difference in the milk. And the milk is, you know, when you have Jersey cow milk that, you know, we don't homogenize. And so meaning that we that milk fat, we don't blend it throughout. And when you homogenize, you take that fat molecule and you blend it throughout the milk. So it's even so when you have a, a, a milk that comes in its natural state, that cream rises to the top and creates that just delicious fat, you know, on top. And yeah, that's my, you get my, that my, my great-uncle had a dairy farm in Ohio, and he had jerseys and um, and and the whole, the whole setup, of course. Um, but his one of his best friends had an adjacent farm where they grew berries. So you got the cream mm-hmm. and the berries. It was pretty good. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure. Well, the Jersey cow milk is exactly the kind of milk that our grandparents used to talk about that they had on the farm. I remember my dad telling me his uncle had a farm because we just used to take bread and dip the bread into this cream that would come from the top of the milk. And that's what you get in our milk is it's just this beautiful, rich, delicious milk. And on top, you get this just beautiful cream. We used to fight over it. My sister and brother, brother and I used to fight used to fight over, over who got the cream off the top of the bottles. Oh, yes. That was when the milkman came around with a, with a cow, I beg your pardon, a horse-drawn vehicle. The cow would stop at each house who was a subscriber to the milk. Oh, yeah. Um, so the milk, it's... So delicious, and that cream is fight worthy. Definitely, I can understand why you would fight with your siblings over it. I got, I got it all today. <laughs> <laughs> Did you nobody, finish uh, it off? Yeah. Nobody, nobody to fight over it with me. <laughs> okay. No, but it is delicious milk, and that and that milk is the foundation for everything we do. Um, and we believe that you know when you have that foundational ingredient is the best that it can be, it's going to make your product overall the best that it, that it can taste. And, you know, our product, like our yogurt, it's just milk and culture. I mean, our plain yogurt is just that milk and culture. And it's poured in the jar or cup, and it's set, and then it goes to the store, and that's it. Yeah. I mean, that's it's, the process. It's, 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 no. a, it's a labor-intensive um, industry, I think, but I'm, I'm thinking back um, before all the, the mechanized stuff. But anyhow, uh, you have different kinds of, of yogurt, and then you have, um, explain to us your pot de creme. Oh, absolutely. Our pot de creme, we're so excited about our partnership with Cho Chocolate. Um, we developed our pot de creme a couple of years ago, and the pot de creme is just delicious, just French-style pudding just made from our Jersey cow milk. And... It's really hard to find a pudding in the United States that actually has real milk. 
a lot of puddings have actual milk powders. They don't, really? there's no, you can't find any milk in the pudding. <laughs> so I like oh, to call no. it called podocrem, but we, we make podocrem and we use our Jersey cow milk. And the good thing about, that's something about Jersey cow milk that's very distinctive I want to bring up, I want to make sure I make a point of this, is it has the A2 molecule that makes it more digestible for human okay. consumption. So A2 is an amino acid chain that's very similar to human breast milk, and that's why so many people can drink A2 milk with A2 proteins in it, and it's so easily digested. Um, and our milk, being that we're um, Jersey cow milk, is A2. Um, our yogurt is A2. So some people who think that they might have an aversion to dairy because they're lactose intolerant, a lot of times just can't digest normal dairy milk because it doesn't have the A2 proteins, where ours, being an A2 milk, is more easily digestible. And that milk goes into our yogurt, and we do um, use that milk as if our our foundation for our podocrem. But yeah, the podocrem, you know, we partnered with um, Cho Chocolate, but we also make our own podocrem. Oh, we uh, love the, the guy Cho. I mean, we've interviewed him over the years and tried his products. It's fabulous product. Yeah. I mean, Cho oh, Cho's amazing. Oh, they're, and they're such great partners and they're just, you know, they're in the, in the Bay Area just like we are and it's a great partnership and you know, our Cho Chocolate Podocrem won a Sophie Award for Best New Item in Dairy um, for 2021. Um, so we are very, very excited about that. Um, but we also have our Salted Caramel, our Snickerdoodle, and our Vanilla, which are all just delicious. And you can put sugar on top of our Vanilla and, you know, fire it, and it makes just a fabulous creme brulee. Really? Mm. I never really. Even thought of I that. try I just, it. I dare I just, you to try it. <laughs> I, I just spoon them out of the jar. I just spoon it out of the jar. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, they're fa- they're they're absolutely fabulous, and we um, you know, we're gaining di- distribution on those, and getting more and more distribution across the country on our podocrem. Now there there are two different styles of small cups containing. Something, the podocrem or the or the yogurt or whatever it is. Some some of them have sort of like twist off caps, and, and others have a cap similar to used used by some of the top yogurt companies, where you sort of peel it off. Mm-hmm. Why so? I'm 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 just a little puzzled about why there's two different styles of container. Well, I, I eat I eat them just the same. <laughs> right, right. I think that that's a really good question. And when we're looking at, you know, what jars should we use, you know, with the podocrem, I think, you know, having that cap on it and being able to, you know, d- distribute it and it's a, you know, that three-and-a-half-ounce jar, I think we definitely wanted to do something that was in line with what the industry was also doing as far as okay. packaging right. for – Puddings where our our um, seal with our yogurt. It's just what we've been doing for years, and it really honestly comes back to manufacturing equipment too. You know, when you manufacture manufa- uh, your own product and you have manufacturing equipment, buying a new piece of equipment is so costly. So right, right. Anyway, so right, so 
we, uh, you know, we, the yogurts, and, you know, if we were to change, you know, the, our yogurt packaging is just so part of, it's just who we are and our brand recognition that if we were to change it, we'd have to have a whole campaign around, you know, how we were going to market that and, you know, training our consumer to look for a different packaging. So, and that's very labor intensive and the consumers don't like change. <laughs> so <laughs> we like to just keep things the way they are. No, let me let me ask you to explain something else. However, there are three line items on the copy of the order of the stuff that you sent us, which come in 23 ounce sizes. Now, are mm-hmm. they are they competing with like the Fahe and some of the other yoga companies that where where they come in a a, size, a sizable package? Right. I don't, so know, I don't know how big 23 ounces is but it's obviously bigger than 4.75. It is. And the reason why is multi-serve is, when you look at the yogurt industry, multi-serve is... Okay, so multi-serve is the terminology. Right, is multi-serve is what really sells. And especially we saw a trend over COVID, especially where single-serve cups were trending down in sales, where multi-serve was trending up, obviously. Families were home, serving more people. People were were not on the go as much. So the multi, you know, when you look at, in the yogurt category, what are the top selling items? Many of it is multi-serve. And with ours being, you know, we're a French-style multi-serve, we're the only French-style multi-serve you know, in the yogurt category. So there's, you know, other French-style multi uh, single-serve, but we're the only we're the only site one in multi-serve currently. Okay. Well, and what's and the difference in style between the – what's the difference in style between them? Uh, I guess your style or the French style and the Greek yogurt. Greek okay. Yogurt. No, I'm glad you asked that. So – so a French, so, you know, we, like I said, we're, you know, more of a French style of where we, you know, versus the Greek style, where Greek is very heavily strained. And so that's why when you open a Greek yogurt, you know, there's not a whole lot of whey in there. There's, it's just a very thick yeah, yogurt thick. consistency. Mm-hmm. And where a French style, it's just, it's poured and set in that pot and you just pretty much get it in its natural state. It's not strained. And so you can see when you open um, our jar, you, it's very creamy on top because that cream rises to the top. And then as you mix it, you will see that there is whey in it. And it's just really in a natural state where, the, you know, the Greek is just more tart and it's heavily strained. I used to sell Greek yogurt, so I've sold – I've gone from Greece <laughs> to France, you know, but – but, you know, our St. Benoit is just really, like, we like to say it's a California style because it's made in California. But really, at the end of the day, when you look at it, 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 is, it is a French style. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. I never knew there was a difference, but I guess <laughs> learn. As far as between Greek and, and like, St. Benoit or St. Benoit, I mean, there's, if you look at the yogurt category, it's really segmented into different styles. There's. How many you different know, styles? Oh, there's many. There's Greek. So Greek, Greek primarily is the number one um, style. The, and the American consumer is really used to the Greek 
style of yogurt because it, they've been trained on that's what yogurt is supposed to taste like. There's so many Greek yogurts. I mean, there's Faye and, you know, Chobani does the Greek and um, God, who else does the Greek? Uh, it's Greek gods, right? There's a, a lot of Greek style yogurts where there, then it goes into like, you know, there's regional like Icelandic and, you know, we have, you know, French because we're, you know, we're a French style, you know, you'll play Wii's a French style. Um, so if you, if you go to the yogurt aisle, you'll notice it's very regionally based and those different regions will give you kind of a different viscosity um, in the yogurt and so, and a different kind of flavor or texture palette in the way that, you know, it, that mouthfeel when you, uh, you know, bite into it. Am I going to be able to get multi-serve at Whole Foods? We do sell multi-serve at Whole Foods in California. Uh, we, I'm working on it. I have been working on it for a while. So, okay. I, you know, I, I think what, you know, if you want multi-serve at Whole Foods, please call up Whole Foods, the corporate office, and you let them know that you want St. Benoit Creamery, you know, multi-serve. <laughs> okay. Please. So, <laughs> right. Got it. Got it. So, you, so you can break them down one one customer complaint at a time. Huh? Yeah. Well, yeah. Michelle, um, we really think you've got a quality product there, and so you must have a, a lot of fun selling it since it's good, right? We ab- I absolutely love selling it because it is – so delicious. The cons- our consumers love it. And, you know, we've won a lot of awards. You know, we've won Sophie Awards. We've won Good Food Awards. We've, this is an award-winning line. And I, I know when I go in front of a buyer that I have a fantastic line to represent them, especially that we're so environmentally conscious and in glass jars. And, you know, our creamery is LEED Gold certified for solar. So we really, really, our core value is just making sure that we are taking care of the terroir, which is, you know, the earth, you know, and, you know, the, the ground where everything grows and just making sure that we are environmentally conscious, but making sure that we are producing the best product. We like to say real food, real good, the best yogurt and desserts and milk that we can produce and put out on the market. And our, our consumers, we do have a loyal consumer following because of that. Uh, can, can you buy the milk at Whole Foods as well? Just it comes in quarts, I notice. Yeah, in Whole Foods in California, um, the milk, and the reason why it's not very, very regional, we sure, don't have sure. a national program on on the milk, but um, you can buy the milk in California, and I'm working on getting it into um, some surrounding regions currently. Well, I'm going to give I'm going to give it an award. It's called Peter thought it was fabulous for breakfast award. <laughs> poured, poured straight out of the bottle, just like when I was five years old. <laughs> yes. Yes, well, hopefully, we're hoping that there will be a store in New York City soon that will have our milk, um, So, if and our milk and our yogurts and, and our pot creme. So when that happens, I'll let you guys know. Oh, thank you. Well, you've been wonderful to work with, Michelle, and thank you for a great product and a um, good discussion about it. Absolutely. You know, happy eating. Please enjoy, and if you need more, just let me know. Right. Don't don't mention that to Peter because you'll hear from him. <laughs> it's all right, quite all right. <laughs> okay. All, all, all gifts are great, 
greatly, greatly relieved. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much. We thank really, you, I really Michelle. enjoyed being able to discuss St. Benoit. Thank you. Bye for now, dear. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. ASP Station, www.aspstation.net. dark chocolate. Welcome back. And next up, aren't you happy that dark chocolate is a health food? Maybe not quite, but <laughs> pretty close to it. So we're going to be talking uh, to the um, the team from Broma Dark Chocolate next and uh, breathe in the smell of this wonderful dark chocolate aroma. Well, we we have an interview here with um, two people who have been friends since grade school. I actually have a friend from grade school, elementary school still, Um, and I know that's that's long. I always say she's my oldest and closest friend. Um, But tell us a little bit, I mean, Taylor, you have a food studies degree from NYU, which is a, an outstanding program. Um, but what, what else motivated you to look for um, a healthier version of what we put in our stomachs? Yeah, so uh, the reason why we started Broma itself was actually because of my grandmother. So she's in her 90s, and she was told that she was deficient in protein by her doctor, So while I was in the food studies program at NYU, I did a lot of research into the elderly, and I found out that they are not able to absorb nutrients from their food in the same way that they once were, and they also had some issues with their taste receptors, so they're not able to taste things as strongly or as readily as they once were. So I tried to create a product that would help my grandmother fill all of her nutritional gaps. And I knew that she loved almonds and she loved dark chocolate and dark chocolate in itself had a ton of health benefits. So just the addition of the lentils provided that nutrient factor, that protein factor, fiber, iron, um, that it turns out a lot of people are missing in their diet, not just the elderly population. So that was sort of the impetus behind uh, the creation of Broma with my, my grandmother. The interesting thing, Taylor, is that and and he's not, but I I am being treated by a nutritionist because I've been losing weight, and Anne's very worried about that too. So I'm in the same space as your grandmother. And that stuff that you could buy is so awful. I don't know how he even downs that in sure and carnations yeah. and breakfast. I mean, it's horrible. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I and those are really the only alternatives. I'm going to be rescued by Broma. <laughs> 
Exactly, yes. <laughs> Why the name Broma? What does that mean? Um, so Theobroma is actually the species of tree that produces cacao, and Theobroma, oh, no the word, means food of the gods in Greek. So we just took the end oh, of it. Really? Huh. Yeah. Interesting. So, um, so, they, so, they, so they, call it, they call it that in West Africa? I'm sorry? Isn't is West, is West Africa the largest area of the world producing That produces co- cacao, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. So it makes makes a lot of sense. It should be called Broma. <laughs> yeah. Now, it, is is this sort of if we're trying to describe the, the um, product, um, is is this sort of like Nutella, a healthy? Yeah, yeah. I would say it's a much healthier version of a Nutella. That's not overly sweet it doesn't have any artificial flavors or preservatives and it definitely hits the the chocolate spot but while still being good for you and it makes you feel good about yourself when you're eating it so which is what we were aiming for when we created the product and how many times a day does granny have a dose <laughs> she, she eats it a lot actually she loves to have good, it with apples good. So, <laughs> yeah, she, she still loves what it, it. What does she do with it? She puts it on apples. Oh, on wow. apples? I'm sorry. Yes. Um, she claims so, she doesn't like apples by themselves, but she'll eat them when, when it's with Broma. <laughs> how nice. Yeah. Um, now, um, your website, um, you, you have recipes that people contribute, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, recipes that other people contribute as well as recipes that we create ourselves. I see. So yeah. what are some of the um, the uses for, for this? There's a ton of different uses. I mean, um, nut butters in themselves are great in baking, so you can use them as a, an alternative to using eggs or other binders. Uh, so you can make different kinds of breads with Broma. You can make date balls, which is essentially just a mixture of dates and broma with any kind of topping that you'd want, whether it's like a shredded coconut or other flavoring. Um, It's good, as I mentioned, on fruit, so on apples or bananas or even just a topping to oatmeal in the morning. It's really versatile in a lot of different ways to be able to use the product by itself or just mixed into other things. Yeah, I was curious. I always read the instructions or once open and do you have to refrigerate it and you say no that once open you do not need to refrigerate um but then you say there are no preservatives how do you get it to be shelf stable without any preservatives yeah so there's a lot of things in nature that are natural preservatives that you can put in products uh, one of those things is oil, so sunflower oil acts as a natural preservative. We also use rosemary extract, which acts as a natural preservative. Rosemary uh, extract? Mm-hmm, yeah. Never heard of that. Mm, interesting. <laughs> yeah, you can also add different things like vitamin E, uh, which we don't have in our product, but that's an option um, that will help your product stay shelf-stable for a longer period of time. But, I mean, you could definitely put it in the refrigerator. It'll just have a harder consistency. 
Um, well, you know, the if you put Nutella in the refrigerator, it gets hard as a rock. <laughs> yeah. But, of course, it has exactly. stuff in it that, that's uh, maybe even carcinogenic. I don't think they figured that out yet or not. <laughs> and people love it, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. how long from when you conceived of this, um, I mean, what kind of research did you have to do before launching your company? Um, I would say we probably could have done more research. There's always room for some more uh, research and background work to be done. But we sort of did a soft launch, is the best way to describe it, by selling the product <laughs> at outside markets. Um, uh-huh. So that was sort of our testing ground to see if people were interested in something like this, if they had any general feedback about ways we could tweak the product. So we spent pretty much all of 2019 doing that um, just to figure out the best way to bring Broma to the rest of the world outside of New York um, in the best way possible. Now, now Granny also gave it presumably – the grandmother's seal of, seal of approval, right? Yes, that was necessary before launching. <laughs> so she was the first taste. She was the first taster, huh? Yes, one of the first. So, and I, um, I get go ahead. We haven't heard anything from you, Stanley. <laughs> so tell us something. Yeah, absolutely. I was just going to add on there, as far as like the research and just background is concerned, um, echoing what Taylor had said, we really did spend that first year um, within a soft launch of just doing a lot of customer research and ethnographic research of figuring out um, wh- what type of product do we want to be creating and, and, and where does it necessarily sit. Um, we've, we've discussed the parallels between Nutella quite a bit on this call, um, but then I want to draw the comparisons to just your normal peanut butter as well. I think oftentimes Nutella is thought of as more of a dessert, um, and, and peanut butter is more of like the staple for your kitchen. Oh, yeah, you're and right. And so Broma, <laughs> so Broma, like our product is a dark chocolate almond butter, and so we really sit at the intersection of both where um, our consumers or our customers really want to indulge but, not, but, but feel healthy while they're doing so, but then also have that safe stable a product that they can use daily. Um, one of the reasons why it's not necessarily refrigerated the same way peanut butter isn't. It's all natural. It's good for you. It sort of like can sit shelf-stable in your kitchen. Um, but then back to the research piece, while we were doing this um, customer research in the field, um, selling in in-person markets before the pandemic hit, we were also looking at just the market opportunity as a whole. Um, when you take a step back and think about the almond butter market in the U.S., um, it's expected to hit nearly $5.8 billion at the end of 2021, um, and it's forecasted to grow at 7% year over year until 2025. So it really is like a space in which there's expected a lot of growth um, and sort of like hitting that intersection between dessert and sta- um, staple products. We're, we're really excited and think Bromo will do well here. Yeah, nut butters are really huge. This is true. It's, uh, mm-hmm. Nut nut milks are also hot. I'm I'm considered the designated taster of sweet related products, so <laughs> I, just, I just I just I just got done with a small jar of cashew butter. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that was good too. Which which was which was good till it started to dry out. 
which it did in the refrigerator because I refrigerated it even when you weren't supposed to. Now, have you have you thought of savory applications? And I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a, for instance an example here. All all of the Australian children in the world love a combination of Vegemite and marmalade. Mm. And what, what you what you do is you create a fortress <laughs> on your on your breakfast plate, circle mm-hmm. sur- surrounded by Vegemite, <laughs> which is awful. <laughs> and, then you, and, you, and then you you fill the moat created by the by the with marmalade. Oh my goodness! And you and you eat that. And if you're a small Australian child and you don't have it, you cry a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it could just, definitely be in the works. We we haven't we haven't directly discussed doing something more savory. We've definitely stuck to the the sweeter options just by virtue of it being a chocolate spread. But that's not to say that we're opposed to doing savory in the future. We just have to do a little bit more research to see, you know, since we're not in Australia, <laughs> to see if people here would like that as well. Yeah. Well, Aussie's spread all over the world, you know. They're all over the United States. They're all over the United True. Kingdom. They're all, so so, so you, can, you can find a test case just, just, mm-hmm. about, just, about, any, just about any place. Yeah, okay. yeah, no, it's, def- it's definitely something we'll think about. My wife is totally horrified at the whole thing. Yeah, well, we lived in <laughs> Australia, and um, there, were, there were things that were fine, but I couldn't get the Vegemite thing at all. <laughs> I couldn't deal with it. <laughs> so, I don't know if it's But I also don't like the, the Marmite thing <laughs> in England. <laughs> this is another mm-hmm. one. I'm, you, you I'm not be thinking sure about the healthy. I'm sorry, what? Oh, definitely. Um, no, I, I was just going to say, you got me thinking about the different applications um, and, and definitely thinking through just sort of like the different types of consumers that exist out there. I, I know that personally, I know I love a sit, good sit-down breakfast and I'll leverage Broma like just spread over my waffles in the morning. Um, but oftentimes, too, people are more quickly and on the go. And so they're either preparing smoothies to go out in their day. And so Broma is a great addition for that extra sort of like pack of protein in your morning smoothies. Um, but we, we were hearing that from our customers and so um, have just recently launched to-go packets. So not necessarily needing to rely on the, the jar that's sitting stationary in your kitchen cabinet, but um, packets that you can quickly just throw in your bag um, and take it with you on the go if you're either working on the run or an athlete and needing extra um, packed nutrients. So definitely more um, versatile applications. Huh. I mean, would these good, be good, like good in thinking, little... Stanley. Sounds like Sounds like a good idea. Um, the the packaging of something like that to go, I mean, uh, I think that uh, putting ketchup and, and uh, that kind of thing in, in little foil packets was was went and it was okay but um and and the plastic squeeze out plastic things but now nobody wants to touch that kind of packaging so i guess that would be a big issue to solve huh hello are you there hello yeah yeah yeah. go ahead sammy 
I was just going to say, yeah, so we, I, I would definitely agree there's, there's that balance between um, the, pla- the plastic that's being leveraged at, at a widespread distribution and, and just the, the source of nutrients for um, on-the-go snacks. And so uh, what we found, at least among our consumer base, is a wide application for it, um, but definitely navigating that as we continue to learn with the, with the new retail accounts that we're partnering with. Now, what, what, what does your customer base look like now? What kind of, what kind it's of definitely it's definitely varied, but our general consumer is in the age range of uh, 35 to 55. Generally, live in urban areas. Um, are very focused on the quality of the food that they're consuming. Um, they want to be able to support causes that they believe in when they're buying their products. And they're people that are on the go. They have busy lives, and they want something that will nutritionally fit into their lives easily. Where where, where do they buy it? You can buy it on our website, eatbroma.com, or or you can buy it on walmart.com. And we also sell in smaller retailers, largely concentrated in the Northeast, so in the New York, Connecticut uh, New Jersey region. We are in all of the fairway locations, and we also sell in Air One in Los Angeles. So we're in all of those locations as well. And, and do you have two? How many flavors do you have? We have four flavors right now. We have our original dark chocolate almond. We have uh, dark chocolate coconut, dark chocolate cherry, and then we just came out with a seasonal dark chocolate pumpkin spice flavor. Oh, <laughs> I thought I heard one more pumpkin thing. I think I'm going to die. We used to, actually, when we lived in, in, in Australia, they used to sell small pumpkins because people used it there pretty much like um, roasting squash. Mm-hmm. You know, but I've never seen anything like what happens around the fall. In the, you know, the um, pumpkin-flavored beer, pumpkin-flavored everything. People you know, do you like pumpkins? Pumpkin? <laughs> I do, I do. Some, some. I think some pumpkin flavors are definitely better than others, um, but mm. I will say that ours is pretty good, so I wouldn't knock it. <laughs> That's good. That's good. <laughs> well, you you seem to have room to grow in a number of directions. You can add more flavors. You can add more different packaging. Uh, the same with marketing. Um, it, you you probably would do well in gyms, no, fitness centers. Yeah, definitely that's something once we launch the individual packets, it's a space that we'll explore um, to uh-huh. do um, open spaces like that that would require a more easy-to-eat, easy on-the-go sort of situation. Now, you haven't, you haven't cracked the big W yet. You have Walmart but what? not Whole Foods. Oh, <laughs> we're working on the Whole Foods. I don't know, I don't know about the Walmart just yet, but... Definitely working on the Whole Foods. Great. And and just uh, because I'm curious, Stanley, um, what did you do before you got involved with this uh, food project with Taylor? Yeah, absolutely. So my background is in management consulting, um, a career six-plus years at Deloitte Consulting, um, where I focused on customer strategy through the use of um, digital transformation, so thinking through um, how to better access customers and leveraging ethnographic research techniques just to best identify that, um, the different customer archetypes. Um, 
across all different industries. And so excited to leverage those and really hone in on um, the market opportunity around the health and wellness se- sector that Broma sits in um, and really just focusing on the better for you brands um, within food and beverage. Yeah, well, you, you, you're in the right spot, I think, <laughs> with this product. And, um, yeah, and, and you, you also can slide into that free from, um, <laughs> free from niche too. I mean, that's, yes, that's exactly. what's happening now. Yeah, everywhere. So, well, it, it's great seeing somebody come up with something new and, and intriguing and healthy. Uh, and uh, I, I wish you much success. Um, again, listeners, this is Broma Dark Chocolate, and the website is eatbroma.com. Is that correct? That is correct. Yep. Great. And think of think of Granny with every mouthful. <laughs> yes, exactly. God bless Granny. <laughs> okay, continued success here. Thank you so much. I guess that's another wrap. So, guess what? We'll be here next week, same time, same place. And until then, all you wonderful food lover listeners, bye bye.